Blog Talk Radio. Women have the power to transform this world. We can end crime and violence if we all agree to do one thing. Share. Let's share our wisdom, share our time, share our talents, share our finances, but most of all, let's share our love. This is The Female Solution. Join me, Naima Latif, every morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, as we bring you stimulating discussions about the issues affecting our lives. If you're listening online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution, press the blue button that says follow and get our daily topics every morning directly to your email and your smartphone. Hi, I'm Naima Latif executive producer of the Female Solution Radio Show. We invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and participate in this daily think tank as we examine the challenges we face and develop solutions that restore peace and harmony. We are global transformers, changing the world from the way it is to the way it should be. We are one. Wherever we live on this earth, We are one human family. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to extend a greeting to all the members of our family, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world. To our family in China, Ni Hao. In India, Namaste. In Japan, Konnichiwa. In Korea, Annyeonghaseyo. In Russia, Zrastutsye. In Germany, Guten Tag. In Poland, Dzień Dobry. In France, bonjour. In Spain, hola. In Italy, ciao. In Egypt, athen wasalan. In Ghana, akwaba. In Nigeria, peleo. In South Africa, saobona. In Senegal, nangadef. In Kenya, jambo. In Israel, shalom. In Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia, assalamu alaikum. Greetings. And may peace be upon you all.
so excited about today, tonight. Uh, everything is coming together. And for those of you who don't know who Yahshua is in that song, that is the Hebrew name for Jesus. And Yeshua is the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth. Oh, my goodness, the spirit of truth is moving all over the planet Earth like never before. Oh, my goodness, evil is being revealed like never before. Oh, my goodness, things are happening so fast I can hardly keep up with it. But thank you, thank you, thank you for all of you who are joining me tonight. This is a collective reprogramming and healing for all of us, our global and local uh, family relationships are healing and being reprogrammed. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Woo-hoo-hoo. It is an exciting, exciting time for us. Oh, my goodness, I just can't contain myself. It's so much change going on. We have a special guest, Dr. Bruce Lipton. He's going to be my YouTube guest tonight, along with uh, – Let's see, a little bit of David Icke is coming in, too, and um, also, um, let's see, Joe Dispenza. I've got three guys, very spiritual, high spiritual teachers who are going to bring us some powerful, powerful messages. I saw a video of Bruce Lipton uh, yesterday that was so powerful. It was he and Michael Sandler, and, oh, my goodness, it was about um, the Armageddon and reprogramming and programming and all that, but it was an hour and a half long, so I couldn't upload it, but I got other videos from Bruce Lipton that are going to give us a very similar message about programming and reprogramming. We all, all of us need to hear this. We really need to hear this because the latest news is in New York City. New York City, it's just amazing what's going on. The People, Israelites, Arabs, whoever's in New York City have shut down the Manhattan Bridge. Yes, they have shut it down. Why have they shut it down? Because they want a permanent ceasefire. This this little talk about a a, a four-day break, we're not having that. They said we want a permanent ceasefire, and that is what I've been talking about here on this show, permanent ceasefire. No more wars. We're done with that. This generation, my many in my generation, baby boomers, we are done with this war and weapons. It's time for diplomacy. We are too intelligent. So they are going to, we are going to shut down the military industrial complex. Do you know what a big feat that will be to shut down the military industrial complex? But that's our goal. And they are doing it in New York. Here is what is going. If you don't know what's going, this is this is mind blowing. This is monumental. Jews, for one, are leading this in New York. Jews for peace. Jews for peace. Jewish voices for peace. And I am sure. And I I saw black faces. I saw all kind of faces in this in this video that was shown. They have shut down the Manhattan Bridge. And here's what they are declaring. Protesters declared that they will not leave until they secure a permanent ceasefire, hallelujah, until they secure a permanent ceasefire, emphasizing that police are overwhelmed and they're blocking the Manhattan Bridge. Woo-hoo! 
Go, go, go. So, and, and even in Israel yesterday, today, there were thousands of people, Arabs, Jews, coming together, surrounding Netanyahu's home, telling him, get lost, buddy. They're like demanding Netanyahu resign and get out of Dodge. Like, whoa, things are happening so fast. All because I believe we, we as a people who have love, who are conscious. Let's just say we conscious individuals here. Uh, Miss Regina Green, great being beloved. Yes, ma'am, you're in the crowd of the conscious. Thank you, Miss Regina Green. She's sending a conscious message. Olivia is sending a con- conscious message. Love the drum, Miss V. Love you all. Because together, we're going to shut down this military mess and bombing and war. And I, as I said on my show on Friday, I was led to fast early in the week. And the next day they started this, let's uh, negotiate, let's stop the bombing. And I thought, oh, if you missed the Friday show, go back and listen to Friday Health and Well-Being. Because it was so enlightening for me to realize that my fasting, and I'm sure other people are fasting, but our collective Efforts, our collective action are making a big difference. And I think one of the reasons that so many people around the world are pro-Palestine, stop the cease, or ceasefire, permanent ceasefire, stop the bombing, stop killing the babies and children like we've never seen. I think because of YouTube and everybody's got a camera, we are seeing the horror of this particular war. We didn't see it as much in the Ukraine, but I'm telling you, you can find every kind of visual or or video on what has been happening in Gaza with children and babies and thousands in the last four weeks, thousands of families in Gaza have died. They want to talk about 1,200 uh, people in uh, Israel uh, were kidnapped, blah, blah, blah. And it turns out a lot of the people who died in Israel were from the IDF, the Israel Defense Force. That's what's coming out. That's what I mean. Evil is being revealed in some huge ways. So as Bruce Lipton, my guest, has to tell us, it's time for us to reprogram. That's how we're going to bring about this new earth, new uh, new society of peace, we're going to have to reprogram all those old beliefs that we've had. And we're going to go, what I'm going to do is share with you um, Bruce Lipton and uh, some other uh, wise teachers uh, in this next uh, half hour or so. And then I would really like for you to share with me, what is it in your childhood that needs to be reprogrammed? How did mommy and daddy affect you, cousins, uncles affect you, that you're still running that program. So we, and Bruce Lipton is going to explain how that happens. So let's get our pens, pencils out, or just open up your mind to uh, receive from Bruce Lipton, who is going to show us the science and the biology of it all and the computer mind. Oh, we are just big computers. And, and then we're going to work on reprogramming this, biological computer called the the human body. We're going to work on reprogramming for the rest of the show. So get ready to share 
the things in your life that you want to reprogram because it's going to happen. Things are happening so fast in this earth right now. <laughs> because the collective minds are woke now and light is flowing from conscious beings like never before. Ooh, I'm so excited. Because if you are paying attention, you can see how many people all over the world, people said, no, we want a permanent ceasefire. We want to stop this madness of killing babies and children. Oh, I'm, I'm so excited. So let me bring on uh, the first audio, how we are programmed from birth in the first seven years. How we are programmed in the in, from birth and the first seven years. There's two videos that I want to play. How we, if you didn't know, we're going to just review it a little bit. They're not that long. But how we are programmed at birth, how we are programmed in the first seven years. And some of it repeats, but I want you to really hear the message in what um, Bruce is saying. Well, you know, have to do with belly fat? A lot. So I'm going to play the audio and the video at the same time. And so let's get busy because we got a lot to share. And I just want everyone to open up your heart and mind for the healing that's coming and and for the reprogramming that's needed. Do you need reprogramming? That's the question. Do you need reprogramming? Here we go. Every human, and it's a fact, Every human, first seven years, is, uh, is download a hypnosis. The brain of a, a child under seven is in a lower vibrational frequency. When you put wires on a, a person's head, you read electroencephalograph, reading brain activity. A child below seven has a lower vibration than consciousness. It's called theta. Theta is imagination. Oh, that's how kids play a, a tea party with mud pies. But to them, it's a real thing. A kid rides a broom. It's a horse. It's, that's theta, imagination. Theta is also hypnosis. And the idea is this. Before you can become conscious, if you don't have any programs, what are you going to be conscious of? So nature makes the first seven years. How, what kind of programs are required to live on this planet? I say, how do you get them? Theta is hypnosis. You just watch. You watch your parents. You watch your siblings and your community because you have to learn how many hundred thousand rules. Think about it. Just to be a functional member of a family and a functional member of a community, there are rules. I teach an infant these rules. I say, oh, you don't have to. First seven years, they just they observe it and just download it. Look, this is not new. I mean, there's the famous book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And basically said, you come from a poor family and you could struggle your whole life and try to get rich, but you're not going to make it. And if you come from a rich family, you could be stupid your whole life and make it. Not because it was thinking, but it was unconscious behavior that was downloaded from rich families into kids, uh, which is unconscious. So they're, they're making the right moves unconsciously. If they engage their conscious mind, then they look stupid, but it's unconscious. And that's the same thing with poor people. Poor people have beliefs from the family. Oh, you can't make it. Life's a struggle. Things are hard. Who do you think you are? And if that's the program you get, then 95% of the day you will sabotage yourself. And that's why poor people stay poor and rich people stay rich, because the programming. 95% of our life, is a fact, comes from those programs in the subconscious. Every day, only about 5% of the life are you using conscious, which is creative. 
5%. So your life is being lived, even though you think you're living your life. Exactly, and you don't see it because it's called subconscious, below conscious. And the Jesuits, for 400 years, they were boasting, and people didn't understand. They say, give me a child until it's seven, and I will show you the man. They've been saying that for 400 years because they knew seven years was the program period, and 95% of your life after that will be whatever that program is. Your life is a printout of your subconscious behavior. Oh, so you don't have to try and think about what happened. I just say, look at your life. The things you like that come into your life come in because you have a program that supports them. But anything you struggle with, work hard at, put a lot of effort into making it happen, why you're working so hard, inevitably you have a program that doesn't support that conclusion and you're trying to override the program. So uh, you don't need to do a lot of shrink and psychology stuff. You just look at your life and say, where am I struggling? Because wherever you're struggling, inevitably it's a program in your subconscious that does not support that destination you've been looking for. The conscious mind uh, is creative and can learn in any number of ways. Read a self-help book, go to a lecture, listen to this program, and conscious mind's going to get some awareness. And I go, yeah, but subconscious mind doesn't learn that way. I go, right, it doesn't. Subconscious mind learns in two fundamental ways, naturally. Hypnosis, which is the first seven years. And after age seven, how do you put new programs in? Repetition. Practice. You want to drive a car? You didn't learn, learn how by just getting in the seat and put the key in. You had to practice driving the car. You want to learn uh, the alphabet. How many times did you go from A to Z? Uh, you know, try to go to A to Z before you can complete it. And once you completed it, you didn't have to go back and do it again. So two phases. You want to train the subconscious mind? Hypnosis. Uh, repetition. The, uh, I like the last one because there's a new phrase that's bandied about called fake it till you make it. Mm. Meaning if you're not a happy person, I say you want to be a happy person, then repeat all the time. I'm happy. I'm happy. I say, well, you don't look happy or anything. You say, no, I, who am I talking to? By repetition, I'm talking to subconscious. Okay. If subconscious gets I am happy and 95% of your life comes from that subconscious, there will be a point once the subconscious got I am happy, you don't have to say it again. Okay. It'll be automatic. And that's why we see people do affirmations and gratitude journals and stuff, because if you do that daily... It's repetitive. That's the the secret part. Putting a sticky note on the refrigerator is more like a suggestion, but it's not a repetition. So it doesn't work very well. But you have to do... Repetition is a a habit. It's making habit. So you got to do something religiously in the sense of repeating it, repeating it, repeating it to make it work. Dr. Bruce Lipton continues to be programming at birth is where it all starts. And so what we're going to do tonight is get the knowledge we need, because he says in one of his audios, knowledge is power. If we don't have the knowledge, we're not going to make a difference in the change that's coming and the change that's needed. So um, we're going to just saturate you tonight with Dr. Bruce Lipton. And the next one is the first seven years. This next one emphasizes the first seven years. What happened to all of us in the first seven years of our life? And that's the programming that we are needing to undo most of us. 
because it's not useful anymore. We're in, we're running, we're moving into a whole new paradigm. All this happening so fast, and all you have to do is look at YouTube videos that show you what's going on all over the world. That's why tonight we're talking about healing our global relationships as well as our local and especially the relationship in here that is so important. So let's go to another teaching um, by Dr. Bruce and uh, David Ike is also in this one. And they have, they're just bringing so much wisdom for us to grasp and to lead us into this new global relationship, new relationship with ourselves and do the reprogramming that we all need because the first seven years were a bunch of BS for the most part. You are not who you think you are. The movie The Matrix is not science fiction. It's a documentary. It's a download of normal. The brain is like the iPod. Consciousness is the screen where I can create. But if I don't have anything in the hard drive, I can't create. When you look at a human life, uh, it's basically a perceptual programming and download from cradle to grave. You come out of the womb and immediately you're influenced by your parents in terms of your perceptions. And they're not being malevolent, but they've been through the system you're about to go through, the process you're about to go through. They've bought it, accepted it as normal, accepted the crazy place to be sane, and therefore out of wanting to do right for you, they'll pass those perceptions on to you. 95% of our life is coming from the programs of life, how to live life that we get in the first seven years of life. You come out of the womb, and within four years, you've only just got here. You're sitting at a desk with an authority figure representing the state's version of everything in front of you, telling you when you when you have to be there, when you can leave, when you can speak, when you can go to the toilet, when you can eat, what is, what isn't, what's possible, what's not possible, and the nature of everything. Every human, and it's a fact, every human first seven years is download, a hypnosis. The brain of a, a child under seven is in a lower vibrational frequency. When you put wires on a, a person's head, you read electroencephalograph, reading brain activity. A child below seven has a lower vibration than consciousness. It's called theta. Theta is imagination. Oh, that's how kids play a, a tea party with mud pies. But to them, it's a real thing. A kid rides a broom, it's a horse. It's, that's theta, imagination. Theta is also hypnosis. And the idea is this. Before you can become conscious, if you don't have any programs, what are you going to be conscious of? It's a download of normal, one of the greatest forms of mind control. Repetition, repetition, repetition all the way through your formative years. What kind of programs are required to live on this planet? I say, how do you get them? Theta is hypnosis. You just watch. You watch your parents, you watch your siblings, and your community, because you have to learn how many hundred thousand rules. Think about it. I teach an infant these rules. It's like, oh, you don't have to. First seven years, they just they observe it and just download it. What I'm seeing is um, more and more people beginning to question what they've not questioned before because perception is everything perception dictates what you 
believe, what you don't believe, what you'll challenge, what you won't challenge, what you'll accept, you won't accept. Once they've got your perceptions, they've got you and they've got your, your life. This is why they want to control the information that people receive and to uh, marginalize alternative ways of looking at the world. Because where do perceptions come from? They come from information received. 95% of our life is a fact. Comes from those programs in the subconscious. Every day, only about 5% of the life are you using conscious, which is creative. 5%. So your life is being lived, even though you think you're living your life. Exactly, and you don't see it because it's called subconscious, below conscious. And the Jesuits, for 400 years, they were boasting. People didn't understand. They say, give me a child until it's seven and I will show you the man. They've been saying that for 400 years because they knew seven years was the program period. And 95% of your life after that will be whatever that program is. Or you can expand your understanding and your perception and realize that you can be as much of this infinite awareness as you choose to expand into. And when you do that, your whole perception, your point, the point from which you look at the world completely changes. You've gone from here, oh, I don't understand it, it's, it's all bewildering to me, and suddenly you, you, you don't see pixels anymore, you see pictures. You don't see strands, you see patterns, you can see how it all fits together. It's all illusion. It's all a manifestation of our perception of reality. If you buy this, you know, born, age, three score, year and ten, then basically the program is dictating your life. But you can break that because it's an illusion. It's just, it's just a perceptual program. And if you can override it by changing self-identity. everyone here tonight a chance to really think about the programming you received in the first seven years of your life and we want to reprogram break it down is it true or is it not what you perceive what you remember the first seven years of your life think about it seriously what did mommy daddy uncle aunt brother, sister, cousin, show you, because as a set, from birth to seven, I've got a seven-year-old grandchild, and I just see all the time how he's observing and acting on what he observes, and he makes up his own damn mind. That's the problem with this child. He's so strong-willed that he doesn't really uh, absorb everything that he's being taught. And here's someone knocking on my door, in fact. Um, so... Uh, this child is very unique, but most of us, like Bruce and um, David Icke are saying, 95% of what we are doing today is from the first seven years of our childhood. 95% of our experience is from um, my son. Somebody's trying to open my door, so I'm being distracted. But Somebody's knocking at my door. I'm going to ignore him. Uh, just a minute. Hold on. 
So I want you to think about the first seven years of your life. Please share with us what that what that was like and how do you need to be reprogrammed? Do you need healing from that? Because that's 95% of most people's reality is the seven, first seven years. Now we're going to go into, after the break, we're going to go into how to be reprogrammed by Bruce Lipton and Dr. Joe Dispenza. I have really good audios to um, share with you. So I'm going to let, I'm going to open up my humility. Okay, just a minute, grandson. It's knocking them. So I'm going to open up Naima Latif's mic. She's going to play commercials. I'm going to open the answer the door of my seven-year-old who wants to show me probably his new haircut. But Naima, your mic is open, 312849, I guess. Is that the right number? And we'll be right back with how. Do you want to live in a world without war? Join our global peace movement. Heavenly Culture World Peace Restoration of Light transcends culture, religion, ideology, and other boundaries to achieve peaceful harmony in the global society. HWPL is committed to bringing world peace and cessation of war through peaceful dialogue between religious groups. I am Director Shin Suk Kim of the HWPL Chicago Branch of North America. Join us for our next gathering. Call 773-580-1501 and be a part of the movement for world peace. Email us at chicagohwpl at gmail.com. Hi, I'm Naima Latif, executive producer of the Female Solution Global Radio TV Show. We are a part of the online network of Associated Internet Radio hosts, On Air. On Air empowers you with transformative news and interactive radio TV shows. This is such a wonderful time to be alive and to see our human family coming together as one community as a result of that powerful tool, the Internet. We can now talk directly to each other all over the world. There's no need for conflict or misunderstanding. There's no need for violence to solve our differences. We can talk to each other face-to-face until we reach an agreement. On Air offers a fantastic global guide to communicators from all over the world who are using their Internet platforms to inspire us to strive to be our best selves in order to become the kind, compassionate, loving people we were all born to be. Once we do that, we'll see planet Earth transformed into a place of peace. Subscribe to the recommended YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and podcasts created by these Voices of Enlightenment. On Air provides daily news briefs and a weekly magazine to keep you abreast of events and opportunities. On Air news affiliates in television, radio, and print share information, insight, and interviews with notable personalities. Go to onaireverywhere.com for a daily dose of uplifting news. We're on air everywhere, online all the time. I'm Viata, your holistic life coach. 
These days, it's more important than ever to work on your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Are you consciously breathing deeply in stressful moments? Do you have a plan or daily routine to maintain balance in your awesome body? Are you struggling to be disciplined in your eating habits? When you partner with me, I'll help you develop a personalized health plan that works for your particular lifestyle. You can find out more about me at yourholisticlifecoach.com where you can also review my three-step protocol to guide you to abundant health. That's yourholisticlifecoach.com and I'm Viato. And they need to be protected. 
And the other program was that Israel has a right to defend itself, even if it means slaughtering babies and children and a whole family in Gaza. That's the program we all heard. Many of us heard growing up. But guess who's leading the uh, awakening out of that? Jewish women and men saying, no, we grew up with that BS, but we're not doing that no more. We know better. I couldn't believe it when I, I listened to three Jewish women tell their stories of how they grew up in these Orthodox families, religious families, having that teaching, we're the chosen people, Israel has the right, blah, blah, blah. And now they're like, you know, I've been watching what's going on in Palestine and Gaza, and I'm like, something's wrong here. And everyone's been doing their homework who wanted to know the truth. So the truth is happening right here as, uh, let's see, Miss Regina Green says, my mother demanded academic excellence punishing for a beat. And I would say many of our African-American black parents demanded, criticized that we be the very best we could be because of the civil rights environment we grew up in. They wanted us to be our best, so they pushed, 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 and punished us if we didn't get the B and A. So we can say uh, forgiveness for them, but yet now, do we need academic excellence in this in this season of the paradigm shifting, consciousness rising? That's the question Ms. Regina Green has to ask herself. Do I need to have that same academic excellence or do I need to be more spiritual and conscious in everything that I do, not worrying about grades from a university, a school? from the slave master, so-and-so, and so-and-so. And That's the conversation we have to have with ourselves when we talk about reprogramming. What is why, What am I struggling with now? Am I struggling to maintain that BAB, that high academic standard, or am I going into meditation more? Am I learning about nature more? Let's bring in our nature expert, Brother Kwame Sumhorst, and maybe he'll share with us his first seven years of programming that he's had to undo. <laughs> Brother Kwame, your mic is open. Good evening, Sister Viata, and good evening to the Soul Purpose Healing family. I sit here in the stolen lands of the Muscogee Creek Nation in Edenton, Georgia. And, you know, I understand what the Jesuit says, give me a boy, and by the age of seven, I'll show you the man. But even before that, because the first seven months in the womb, you are a fetus and you're being already programmed. So right. it's just a continuation from that. Because if your mother is 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 an alcoholic, if your mother is doing drugs, if your mother is is being abused while you're in that womb, you're being programmed to come out onto the earth with the, with the, all of that. Whatever her experiences are, when you're there, you're a part of that, and that is being programmed into you. You may not understand it all, but it's there. And then that's why they say, give me the child, and by the age of seven, I can show you the man, because that can be the continuation process, because even in the captivity, in the slave trade, they, what they would do is they would take a woman and put a hook in her tongue. 
and pull her up with her pregnant belly and take and cut out the, the, the fetus of the child and then have all the slaves standing there and to watch it and kill that baby in front of them. So what that does is instill fear into those that are carrying children and to those who are watching that's going to be submissive to what this person will do to you. If they will do that to a child, what will they do to you as a person? So I came up in, in, in the city of Chicago at seven, going for my first seven years. I experienced the violence with my mother and my father. I experienced the drinking of them saying, look at him, look at him drunk, look at him running down the hallway. They thought it was funny. But that was my introduction to the violence, to the drugs, to the alcohol. And then when we moved into the projects, going on seven, I learned to hustle. At seven years old, uh, every summer I was put on the back of a vegetable truck to go out because I said I was a vegan before there was veganism. Working on the back (laughs) of a truck a vegetable truck before sun up to sundown. But that was the way I, I would hustle. And then the thing I learned about money, because I would get paid by Mr. Bishop a dollar and a quarter for the day. I would keep the quarter. My mother would take the dollar. That was my way of paying for, for, for providing with the family. So I seen all of this by the age of seven. And as I grew into my, 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 spiraling down that that road of crime and doing things. They had my first man-child at seven years old. At seven, learning to fight, I had to learn how to fight and to be able to stab someone because that's how afraid I was of this person. So, yeah, you can program, but for the next 23 years, I went down that rabbit hole, even went to Vietnam and came back. And so at age 30, at age 30, I finally hit the bottom where my mother told me that she never wanted to see me again and that I needed to do something about my drug addiction and my alcohol. And I checked myself into the VA and went through that 30-day that program and told myself that if I was to pick up a drink or use drugs again, I would rather sit there and blow my brains out than to put myself back through that misery. That was the beginning of the deprogramming because I said I had been programmed and did all of these things. Now let me see what the other part of me could do. And this is when I got into learning our story, then got into the spirituality part of me. And so that's what you're talking about with Bruce Lipton and uh, I forget his name. He was in the secret. Dave. Yeah, David Ike. Yeah. No, not David Ike, the other one. The, uh, uh think Dispenza? These yeah. are the people, nope. I mean, people, I got to start getting into to, to those types of Deepak Chokwa, you know, uh, Bradshaw, dealing with the inner child, because I had to start going into AA, NA, and then dealing with adult children of alcoholics, because that child in me, but I, I was fortunate enough to have an African teacher from the University of Milwaukee whose name was Dr. Anthony Menza, and he taught me the rites of passage of the Hon Hon from the Fonti people in Africa. And part of that process is that you have seven stages in your life. 
and duck that first seven like they said. But you have if you don't go through your stages right in doing the balance thing that you're supposed to do and they'll say you have to go all the way back to the beginning and you have to heal that child and, and come forward and each stage you have to heal and repair, heal and repair, heal and repair until you get to the age you are because they told me when I was in treatment, from the age you start drinking to the age you quit, you got to learn to grow up all those years because that wasn't you. That was the spirit of the drugs and the alcohol. So that's my story about the first seven years. Well, I appreciate that because um, it just once again shows us how sometimes we have to go through uh, some real trauma, struggle, uh, life-changing experiences, war, uh, family dynamic, dysfunction, before we're even ready to be reprogrammed. So it's like whatever uh, people are going through right now, uh, it's like be patient, patient with yourself that if you're here even tonight in this uh, collective body of people, you are meant to wake up, be reprogrammed, and start on a new journey and, and go through this transition to a new paradigm with all of us. But. I like to share. And one thing I learned by the age of seven, when I would see my mother getting ready, putting on her maternity clothes, I would cry and be upset because I knew that she was getting ready to bring another life into the world that I had to take care of. I raised my five brothers, my three sisters and, and two brothers. And so that was the part of me knowing that I had to take that that charge. She was bringing another child into the world that I had to help her with. So it's like parents um, gave us such powerful lessons of what we don't want to continue, what we do want, and what we appreciate that they gave us to strengthen us, to help us be leaders, And uh, even with Regina, she says, spiritual consciousness is at my forefront today, yet thankful for my mother's learned behavior. Of course, we have to be thankful for most of what our parents gave us because it's all in divine order. And then Naima brings in the religious programming aspect of all this. She says, I have many Christian, oh, wait, let me go back this way. She says, the challenge we have in this war in the Middle East is the centuries of religious programming by the church that Jews are the chosen, quote, chosen people of Yah, and Muslims are the false prophets warned about in the Bible. So, yes, we use, we have used, we've been programmed to accept this this, uh, limited viewpoint of who the Jews are and who the Muslims are. And then uh, we have to really, in this time that we're in, realize, but they're living together in peace over there until you have Zionists and egomaniacs come in and want to control everything. So this whole narrative about who the Jews are and who the Arabs the Muslims are, it gets thrown out the window when consciousness shows up. Because whether the Jews uh, were the chosen or Muslims were considered, but whatever, today, once they become conscious, 
they're living in peace. And then uh, Naima continues, says, I have many Christian friends who can't see the cruelty inflicted on the Palestinian people as being wrong. They believe Muslims are against God and somehow deserving of bad treatment. Why is that? Why is that? Because the propaganda has been so strong, and who owns the media? And even in... um, in our, our America with the Christian church, we've had a lot of Zionists who believed in the, the, the words of the Bible that said, well, the Jews are the chosen people, and they deserve special treatment, and all those Palestinians who are dying, that's well, that's the just Torah. part of it. Uh, that's in the Torah. It's not, that's not in the Bible. Well, the Torah is the first few books of the Bible. That's what they believe. That's what they're taught. In fact, Jews don't even look at the New Testament. So everything they believe, they interpret literally many of them from the first, uh, the Torah and the, the Psalms and Proverbs and the other books. So that's the programming that they're even coming out of. That's what's so amazing about the Jewish Voices for Peace. They are actually discarding the Torah teachings of all that all these uh, these uh, Orthodox Jews have learned. And then, see, the Zionists came in. They are not Bible-believing, Torah-keeping. These Zionists are a whole batch um, of secular individuals coming in with the military, industrial, and all the other. Even our congressmen and senators, are of the same mold. They're they're they've been playing this same program for everyone in America, telling trying to uh, convince us that the Israel has a right to defend itself. Why are they saying that? Well, because for the last fifty seventy five years or so, that's been the propaganda that we have been all programmed to believe. But who's leading the charge now to undo that program? Jewish Voices for Peace, unorthodox men and women, Arabs even, Muslims. The difference is they're conscious now. They're doing a whole new thing now. So let me go into um, this next teaching by Dr. Joe Dispenza. I'm going to play him next for our enlightenment deprogram how do we let's start how do we deprogram and dr um dispensa is one of many spiritual teachers that is going to help us reprogram all the bs that we have been privy most of our thoughts and feelings come from our past experiences. They come from our memories. In fact, your brain is organized to reflect everything you know in your life. Your brain is a record of all the things you've learned and experienced to date. It's an artifact. And when you have an experience, when you're in the midst of an experience, all of your five senses plug you into the external environment. And as your brain is processing all of this vital sensory data, all of that information rushes back to the brain. And when it reaches the brain, it causes jungles of neurons to organize themselves into networks, to string into patterns, 
reflect their interaction with their external environment. The moment those neurons organize into patterns, the brain makes a chemical, and that chemical is called a feeling or an emotion. And so experiences tend to create more long-term memories because the patterns are stamped or embosses networks of neurons into very specific patterns. And then the emotional quotient helps us to remember the event. The end product of experience, of course, is the emotion, and it causes us to feel certain ways. You can, you can remember where you were on 9-11. You can tell me who you were with, what time of day it was, what you were doing, because whatever you were seeing in that moment or hearing in that moment changed how you were feeling. And the moment you felt altered or you felt differently, significantly, your brain perked up and you paid attention to whatever caused that. And that event in and of itself is called a memory. So then most of our thoughts and feelings tend to be within the neural circuitry of the past and the emotions of the past chemically. If you combine a thought and a feeling, a thought and a feeling, a thought and a feeling, and you have a series of good thoughts that are connected to a series of good feelings, that cycle of thinking and feeling creates what's called an attitude. If you have a series of negative thoughts that are connected to some pretty bad feelings, you'll say I have a pretty bad attitude today. So if how you think and how you feel creates a state of being, then attitudes are just shortened states of being. You feel good in the morning, you feel bad in the afternoon. If you take an attitude, an attitude, an attitude, and you begin to string attitudes together, when you combine an attitude, an attitude, an attitude, you start to form what's called beliefs. Now a belief is just a thought you keep thinking over and over again until you hardwire it in your brain. And because beliefs are based on past experiences, then the very boundaries of our beliefs are how we feel. And so when our beliefs get challenged, it typically doesn't feel right. I think there's a strong intellectual division going on in the world right now. Because some people are holding on to old paradigms and old beliefs. And look, if we're measuring normal, we're going to get normal. I mean, for years, for years, the idea that you couldn't grow new brain cells or couldn't change the brain in some way, that was a belief. And you know why? Because the scientist was that was doing the experiment was studying rodents in an unchanging environment. How could there ever be any new connections or new circuitry or new uh, brain cells if there's no new experiences? So I think in the age of information, in the age of technology, ignorance is a choice. And people are beginning to go, hey, I don't need my doctor to tell me about this. I can get on the internet and read it. Hey, I, I'm going to read a book on quantum physics and I'm going to ask the mysterious questions. I'm going to step outside of convention myself. So once you step outside of convention, you will be considered foolhardy or insane until you're able to produce some type of change. Then you're considered a saint, a holy man, a mystic, a genius, dare to be original. So I think the camp is divided in a very big way. That's the reason why I'm doing all the measurements. Because I want, I want people to understand that the person that healed themselves of that condition, that traumatic brain injury, I want to show you that their brain is better. They're not just saying, I feel better. No, they are better. I want them to see that. Now, they didn't do that with a drug. They didn't do that with a therapy. They didn't do that with anything except by thought alone. And they made those biological changes. So, to answer the question, the camp is divided in many ways. The old paradigms 
and then the new understandings and the new paradigms. And then there's this little kind of bridge in between, and we're only as good as the people that are willing to execute it. In other words, you got to be skilled at this, right? You've got to be skilled at this. So if you're not skilled at it, we're not going to see any changes. So imagine 500 people or 450 people coming to an event, a workshop, and we are going to help them cross that river and to become conscious of their unconscious thoughts. You know, the ones that say, you can, it's too hard, this will never happen, I can't change, I'm too this, I'm too old, I'm too that. Get beyond what their habits are, what they say unconsciously, do they complain, do they blame, do they make excuses, do they feel sorry for themselves. It's a program. They talk about others. Then look at their emotional states. Oh my God, I've been guilty for the last 30 years. I, I didn't even know I was guilty, it just felt like me. I've been unworthy. I didn't even know I was unworthy. It just felt like who I am. And all of a sudden, they start becoming conscious of that. And then they start creating a new change for themselves. And one by one, you start seeing these breakthroughs. You start measuring those breakthroughs. You get people on the stage talk about their breakthroughs, show their brain scan, show their heart rate monitor, show the energy change. And I guarantee you, just like an infection, can create a disease in a community. I believe that wellness can be as infectious as disease. And you start seeing traumatic changes happening in a small community of people who are outside of the conditioning of their environment. The science has to be done to measure it, but the measurements are only as good as our students. And if they're not doing the work, if they're not developing the, the um, ability to sustain brainwave states if they're not getting beyond their analytical mind because what separates the conscious mind from the subconscious mind is the analytical mind and if a person doesn't get beyond their analytical mind they'll still think within their belief and I've measured enough brains to tell you that when you think within your belief or you think within those limited emotions you are going to make your brain worse without a doubt it's only when you transcend that analytical mind that you start falling in to those subconscious programs and you begin to step into the autonomic nervous system where you can change your chemistry and your biology. So then if our students aren't good at doing that, then it's still a philosophical concept, pie-in-the-sky uh, principles. But what we want to do is we want to give people the knowledge, the information, and blend sciences of possibility, whether it's quantum physics or neuroplasticity or neuroendocrinology or epigenetics or whatever it is, hormonal changes, we want psychoneuroimmunology, we want to give them the information and have them reason it. We want them to be able to turn to someone next to them and explain what they just learned so they wired in there. We want to give them the instruction and have them review the instruction and then we want to put them into the experience. Not everybody is going to have the experience, but all we need is a few. And if that person or theory so Dr. Joe Dispenza is very popular with a lot of people. I don't particularly care to listen to um, him as much as I do Joe Bruce Lipton, but I wanted to at least share his approach to the reprogramming. And he goes in and he does a lot of work. He does these huge conferences with thousands of people. My friend um, uh, who lives here near here went to one of his, a week-long conference. There were 6,000 people here at the one of the big hotels here near Kissimmee. 6,000 people 
paid a thousand dollars to hear this to be in this workshop that involves all types of therapies and processes to help people reprogram, to heal, to become more conscious. And so he's just one of many people you can look up if you want to uh, get in touch, in touch with his type of teaching. But I'm going to play, after the break, I'm going to play um, Bruce Lipton's reprogramming uh, strategy, uh, which I'm more in tune and in touch with because I just love Bruce Lipton's humor and his scientific approach that is easily understood. Uh, one comment here before we go to the break. Let me see. I saw a comment here. Okay, Zelda, our Monday morning mindfulness host says, host says, programming since birth has been the agenda since the beginning of time. Yes, ma'am. I learned more than I anticipated while working in secular radio back in the 90s just how cruel this business of programming really is. That is such an interesting observation that in the media alone, uh, our sister Zelda had some powerful lessons to learn. Uh, and it's interesting, she uses the word cruel. And to me, that word uh, is is can be elaborated on even more. I'd love for Zelda to maybe elaborate on what was cruel about this business of programming, because what we are seeing uh, worldwide, globally, and that's why we're reprogramming and healing from this our global relationship. What the Zionists, and I want to be clear, the Zionists in the Israeli government have been doing to the Palestinian people for the past 75 years beyond cruel. Uh, it's demonic in my estimation where they don't even give beans about killing babies and the whole Hamas relationship is all crazy cruel. That's a, that's a good word to describe uh, the cruelty that um, we are coming out of. Thank you, Zelda, for that word, because it's, it's generating in me thoughts about what is cruel in our global picture and our relationships, why we need to heal, why we need to heal our global relationships. When we observe such cruelty by the Zionist running that particular government, and then what's happening is Saudi Arabia is coming against Israel. I believe Syria is coming against Israel. Uh, many of the Arab nations are coming against the Zionist cruelty. And so that just shows us that there's definitely probably a political motivation there. But for us, when we recognize the cruelty of the media, I mean, the media has been lying and false news and so much uh, propaganda. That Propaganda can be cruel because we're not getting the truth when most of these media organizations have put out stories that are, are programming. Okay, here we're back to full circle program. It's all about programming to believe a certain way for a certain agenda, Zionist agenda, control and power grabbing. And now that New York is being um, 
New York is being protested in a big way by conscious individuals. Uh, we have, we can choose to join them mentally, emotionally, consciously to get rid of the cruelty in our media, the cruelty in our government, the cruelty in our military. Military, that's the, that's the one, that's a programming that many of us have to really come out of the idea that we need a military to protect and keep America safe. Well, what we need is a Department of Peace, in my mind, uh, that knows how to practice diplomacy. And they can use artificial intelligence and drones out there if they want, if we need to. But that's one of the reprogramming I really believe we need in ter- in, and when it comes to our military. No more bombs. No more weapons that are destructive in the way we've seen. And even looking at the Native American history in this country, beyond cruelty that they slaughtered all those buffaloes. I I keep having in my mind a picture of all those buffaloes just stacked on top of each other in America because this Zionist government here in America uh, wanted to ethnically cleanse our natives off the land and so they destroyed their source of, of of nutrition, their source of housing. Talk about being unhoused. The buffalo was everything to the natives and this psychopathic decided that they're going to destroy the buffalo. And, see, and I teach to my grandchildren that lesson. So we have to be the agents that are promoting uh, the truth. So when we come back from the break, uh, my sister name is ready for another break. Uh, I have one more. I have a caller, 773-450 will come to you next. And we have one more audio from Bruce Lipton, how to reprogram, because that is the season we're in, reprogramming from all the cruelty that we have experienced from childhood forward. And now that we are awake and conscious, this is our moment. This is our hour to join with the Jewish voices of peace, to join with our Arab neighbors, to join with our Muslim brothers and sisters, to join with all people all over the world because we have Internet, we have social media. We don't have to be limited in who we support. I I saw a a video about um, black people not having, wanting to have anything don't not needing to be involved in the Middle East uh, drama and blah blah blah. That's fine. That's a choice that we all can make. What do we want? What difference do we want to make in our society? Some people are choosing to stay in their neighborhoods and not look at any other influence they can make. I'm all I'm on the global plan here because Female Solution is a global platform. I got friends in the Middle East. I got friends all over the world now. I'm uh, working for peace all over the globe. So uh, let's take a break. And um, Naima Latif, uh, your mic is open, and we're going to say some more commercials, and we'll be right back after these messages. Hi, I'm Mama Joy. And I'm Reverend Rosemary. Join us every second Saturday of the month, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Central Time, here on the Female Solution 
global radio TV show for Neighborship of Joy. We'll have powerful conversations inviting women to walk in the light. So call in 515-605-9325 and press 1 to speak to the host. You can also join us live on the Female Solution Facebook page and YouTube channel. See you on the second Saturday on the Neighborship of Joy. In to Soulful Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green on Thursdays at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to hear great topics and stories on grief and turn it into victory. Join Dr. Debbie Green to listen to stories of triumph and learn how to overcome. You are not alone in your life and there is hope in the darkest hour. This is your time to learn strategies and solutions to improve your life. It's your time. So join Dr. Debbie Green with Sofa Solutions and call in on Thursday at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at 515-605-9325 with comments and questions. Look to hear from you real soon. Is Monday morning a struggle to get out of bed, into the swing of things? Well, don't worry, you are not alone. Join us for thought-provoking, stimulating, and mindful conversations on higher learning with Zelda Speaks for your Monday morning mindfulness session on Blog Talk Radio, The Female Solution, Mondays, 7.30 until 9 a.m. Be sure and send your ideas, thoughts, comments, and suggestions. Also, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, visit zeldaspeaks.com and send us your info. We'd love to have you. Experience mindfulness moments with the mindfulness slash stress relief coach, Zelda Speaks. And thanks for sharing the mindfulness moment tip of the day. Stay on purpose, stay empowered, and stay tuned to your next session of mindfulness on higher learning with Zelda Speaks. Make it a mindful day. And thanks for listening. for joining me as we together collectively bring about a shift in the world to reprogram our old paradigms, old patterns that have kept us in war with ourselves first, war about what mommy and daddy taught us and whether we should continue this programming or not. And then the cruelty that both Naima, the word cruel that both Naima and Zelda mentioned about their own experiences, whether it's, um, whether it's the Christian community um, who, see the, who can't see the cruelty inflicted on the Palestinian people and they think they deserve that treatment. Why do they think? Because the Bible has been interpreted in such a way that they, the Bible, they they interpret the Bible to to make a statement that some people deserve bad treatment and others don't because they're chosen, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, nah, it's all about consciousness. As uh, our sister 
Regina has uh, beautifully expressed spiritual consciousness is now at the forefront today because of what she has learned from her childhood experience. And then with Zelda even bringing in the cruelty of the radio uh, experience she had, which again is the media. She sharing the media cruelty that we have to undo, reprogram, deprogram from, and then the Christian religious cruelty that people have in their mind that certain people deserve cruel treatment because the Bible says so interpretation. But when it all comes down to uh, consciousness, then you can come out of these these programs that promote cruelty. That is what we've been kind of caught up in over the last, what, 100 years is promoting the cruelty of certain behavior because that's what we were taught, right? We were taught that the Bible says certain things and that's what we believed. And so the chosen people uh, were lifted up because that's what the Bible says and that's what the propaganda showed us. The the news, our government have been promoting cruelty. And we now are being shown by Jewish Voices for Peace, Arabs, Muslims, Christians coming together in consciousness. That's what it's really all about. And so let's listen to Dr. Bruce Lipton, my favorite uh, scientist, conscious uh, scientist, about reprogramming, how to reprogram. The conscious mind is a creative mind. The subconscious mind is a programmed mind, a habit mind. I'd like to discuss the nature about how our life has been programmed and how these programs control our life, our vitality, and our behavior in the world. Recognize this. If you buy a new computer and you turn it on, the built-in operating system prepares it to work. But if there are no programs in that computer, then the computer can't really do anything. Well, let's now relate this to a child. When the brain develops, it's got an operating system, but there are no programs in it. So nature created the first seven years of our lives to download behaviors by observing our parents, our siblings, and our community. And in this way, a child can learn all the behavioral characteristics necessary to be a functional member of a family and a functional member of a community. Well, however, since we are downloading the programs by observing other people, what happens if we download programs from our parents or our family and siblings uh, that are not very uh, positive programs, that are actually very negative programs that have an adverse effect on our health? Well, it turns out, science has revealed that during the first seven years of our life, our brain is designed to download programs just by observing other people. It's a state of hypnosis, uh, which is a characteristic of a brain frequency called theta, which is just below consciousness. The first seven years of a child's life is installing the programs that when consciousness kicks in at around age seven, consciousness has use of programs to create the behavior uh, in their relationships, in their family, community, etc. 
We now know about 70% of those programs that we download from others are negative and disempowering and even self-sabotaging. And as we go through our life, you say, well, where are these programs? I say, well, they're in the subconscious mind. And then you say, but what's the other mind? I say, ah, oh, the conscious mind, that's the one that kicks in at age seven. That mind is connected to your personal identity, your spirituality. And the difference between the two is profound. The conscious mind is a creative mind. The subconscious mind is a programmed mind, a habit mind. So I say, why is it relevant? I say, well, if you're running from the conscious mind, then you're creating your life from wishes and desires and aspirations. However, if your life is under the control of the subconscious mind, it's just going to play back the programs that you downloaded from other people. Well, since other people didn't plan your wishes and your desires, the download you get may not even allow you to get into the life that you really wish for. So here comes the important issue. Are we running our lives with a conscious mind, or are we running our lives with the subconscious programs? Well, it turns out, science has revealed that only 5% of the day are we operating our nervous system using the conscious mind's creative wishes and desires. 95% of the day, our life is coming straight out of the programs in our subconscious. The reason why this is happening is that when conscious mind is controlling our biology, it's sort of like a driver holding the wheel, taking us into the direction we want to go, our wishes and desires. However, when we are thinking, conscious mind has to let go of the wheel and go inside the brain. Why? Thought is an inside job. It's not outside. So what happens when consciousness is thinking? It's not driving the vehicle. I said, well, then what happens to the vehicle, our body, when consciousness is thinking? I go, subconscious is autopilot. So the moment we start thinking, Biology is taken over by the programs that we acquired in the subconscious. Now here comes the problem. 95% of the day we're operating from these programs and the vast majority of them are disempowering and self-sabotaging downloads. So we're not leading a life that takes us towards wishes and desires. We're leading a life that manifests the issues that we downloaded from other people, mostly negative. And therefore, we struggle through life. And I say, well, why is there a struggle? I said, because you're not operating from wishes and desires any longer. You're operating from the habits you got from other people. So this becomes a very profound issue because it says then the life that we're leading has already been controlled by the downloaded programs. This is not a new idea. For 400 years, the Jesuits have told their followers, give me a child until age seven and I will show you the man. What they were saying was actually telling people, if you give me an opportunity to download programs in the first seven years, that will determine the child's rest of its life. Why? Because 95% of a person's life is coming from those programs. So the issue now is facing is, what should we do with these programs? And the first issue is, what are the programs? Why? Because they were being downloaded in the last trimester of pregnancy and all the way through the first seven years of life. So basically, you weren't there when you were in the womb. And if I asked you what programs you get when you were zero, one, or two years of age, you'd go, I have no idea because consciousness wasn't even engaged at that point. So the first thing you need to know is what controls your life? 95% from the programs. Yeah, but what are the programs? And here comes a simple insight. 95% of your life is 
coming from the program so your life is a printout of the programs downloaded in your subconscious mind and so significance is easy look at your life the things you love and desire and wish for that come into your life they come in because the subconscious has programs to acknowledge that but here's the more important part where you struggle in your life, where you want to have a certain outcome, but you work hard for it, you put a lot of effort into it, you're sweating over it to make something happen. Why are you struggling so hard to create those wishes and desires? And the answer is very simple. The programs that you were downloaded with do not support those ends. So as a result, your behavior is sabotaging you. And then this is the link and the catch for all of it is, when you are playing subconscious programs, why are you playing them? Because conscious mind is inside thinking. And as a result, conscious mind is not observing the behavior that's coming out from the program. And since most of those programs are self-sabotaging and disempowering, you yourself don't even see that you're engaged in the process because subconscious is playing that and conscious mind's not observing it. And why this then becomes important is it's necessary for you to understand these programs because we can change those programs. And when we change the programs in the subconscious, we rewrite the character of our lives. While the conscious mind is a creative mind, it can learn in any number of ways. Reading a self-help book, watching this particular video, going to a lecture, you can easily download new knowledge into the conscious mind. Uh, significance is the conscious mind is creative and it can be very smart. But the issue is downloading new knowledge into the conscious mind does not change the program in the subconscious. It's a different mind and learns in a completely different way. The subconscious mind is the habit mind. And by definition, we don't want to change habits uh, very easily, especially, for example, consider when did you learn how to walk before you were two? I don't care what age you are at. Almost all of us never have to relearn how to walk. And I say, well, thank you, subconscious mind, because you downloaded the habit of walking and it tries to resist any change to that but when you get a negative belief it also tries to resist change so the issue is this how can I put programs into the subconscious mind new ones to replace the ones that are sabotaging me and the answer is this there are only three ways that you can rewrite subconscious mind the first way is through hypnosis this is the process that you downloaded programs in the first seven years uh, so every night when you go to bed just when your conscious mind falls asleep your subconscious mind is in operation so if you put earphones on as you go to bed and hear a program it's not going into the conscious mind but it's going straight into the subconscious mind and can reprogram it how do you get new programs after age seven repetition practice anything you needed to learn you had to repeat it and repeat it to create a habit so if you want to change a habit that's not supporting you you have to engage a habit that does support you if you're not a happy person you can say every day no matter how unhappy you are you say to yourself repetitively I am happy I am happy over the day you keep saying that guess what repetition habituation will change the program and one day you'll wake up and guess what your subconscious mind's already got a I am happy program and lastly the most effective way to change subconscious programming is through energy psychology these are mechanisms that enhance super learning and therefore you can download new behaviors in matters of minutes 
to understand uh, super learning energy psychology and how it works on my website brucelipton.com under resources I have over 25 different energy psychology modalities that you can review and identify one that feels the best to you because using these new processes you can rewrite your beliefs and radically change the character of your life in matters of minutes. Lipton gives us three particular ways that we can reprogram, and there's so much more, but we want to just give you a start tonight. These are not the final and only ways, but I think these are good places to start and consider, and you can do some research if you like and do more, but number one, hypnosis, two, repetition, I am love, I am joy. We're going to play our I am affirmations at the end of the show just as an example of repetition that we can continue to program, reprogram our old uh, paradigm. And then number three, energy psychology. Now, my favorite energy psychology is tapping, EFT. And as he said, you can go to his website and get a list of energy psychology therapies that you might use to help you reprogram whatever area of your life needs program. Again, if you're struggling with anything, whether it's an addiction of any kind or uh, feelings about yourself uh, that are not uh, giving you the, uh, the motivation to do things or just the fact that you're, you're not feeling well physically, these are the things that are the keeping you uh, aware that your first seven years of life have interfered with you not having good health and so forth and so on. So let me go to the phones. We have another caller who's pressed one. I don't. I want to include everyone in the studio or here tonight that has uh, any type of programming that they want to bring out, and that's the key. Everyone commenting tonight, please help us. Uh, or share with us whatever programming that you had as a child that might be interfering with you becoming more conscious about your role today in this awakening that's going on all over this earth where uh, we are resisting the powers that be and their psychopathic, warmongering uh, belief systems and methods that have have destroyed homes in, in Palestine that have killed babies and mothers and wives and children in uh, the Gaza area. This destructive, cruel uh, processes that we want to overcome, and that's why we need everyone working on reprogramming to become more conscious so that we can make a difference in the shift to this new paradigm of peace, boot camp for peace going on here, uh, especially uh, when it comes to our military eliminating this mind that says we need to bomb and destroy. So uh, let me, 773-450, your mic is open. Welcome. Do you have a comment or question about our topic tonight? Uh, Hallelujah, greetings, grand rising, and a good evening to all. Good evening. 
Obadiah. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. The one that always listens and learns to listen more than they talk. All right. Anyway, I was fortunate to have conscious parents who were in love and had a plan. I lost them both by the time I was age 19. However, they had given me everything I needed to succeed in life. Unfortunately for me, when you speak of ages one through seven, I didn't fit in with anything. I never fit in as a child. As a matter of fact, they made it even worse when I was in third grade because I was scholarly. I skipped third to fifth grade. At the time, they used to let us skip grades, but I was probably too smart for third grade, so they didn't even need fourth grade. They jumped me to fifth grade. So when they did that, they made me more separate from people I had already begun to grow up with, and it just made me be more independent, which is a blessing in disguise. Because whereas a lot of people run around trying to please each other, I really am not concerned about what anybody thinks about me. I'm more concerned that we audition for the creator that created us. And first, you're supposed to learn what are your gifts and talents that you have. If you've got ten fingers, you ought to have at least ten gifts and ten talents that you can use to do a bigger work. So when you see all of this desolation and people paying billions of dollars for war and all that, it, it's very calming to me because it means they're on their way out. I'm part of the new paradigm of peace. The we, us, and our generation that includes everybody where there is no poverty. We had a program on last week about the topic was abolishing abolishing poverty, but not so much poverty in terms of money, poverty of the spirit. Not having the mindset to, to, to be separate and know the difference between what goes on. Making the difference between choosing the outdoors and nature as opposed to just constant television programming that marches you into what you should do, especially around this time of year, Make sure you go out and buy on Black Friday and Cyber Monday tomorrow. Spend all your money on stuff you don't need. Just do it. And that's what they market you to do. So if you want to be programmed, America's the place to come to program you. However, for this particular occasion, we should separate ourselves from among that foolishness. None of it seems to make sense to me the more I watch it. I mean, I listen to the children's music, and I've learned to enjoy it, but the messages in the music just throw me off. I was listening to some song the young boy was listening to, and he said, the song said, I can just do what I want to do. I don't care what you think. I can do what I want to do. And I'm sitting there looking at him, and he's acting like he thinks he can do anything he wants and a challenge an adult. And here he is just 10 years old. He can't even cook for himself. How can he challenge an adult? But that's the mentality. I, I leave it with this one, and it's sad to say, but. When we were young children growing up and you had a smart mouth child that thought he could talk and grown folks activities real fast because he had got too smart, the oldest person at the table usually took a hand and went across that table and knocked the mess out of his mouth and made him stop and think for a moment before he's just busy running his mouth. We need to slow down and stop talking so much and do a lot of listening and ask the most high, what is your purpose on this planet? And get on it. Yeah, people say, pray, pray. But if you just pray and don't do anything, do you think anything's going to happen with that? So pray and get up and do something. The one that's doing something is always changing the paradigm. I live in Chicago where it's so dangerous, you can't even sit in your car without somebody blowing your brains out. But guess what? I'm not afraid of any of that. I'm on a mission, and I will stop for anybody. And I'm protected on all four sides because 
I'm serving the creator. I'm a serving creature. Get in line, y'all. Get the stuff straight, and we'll be on the path of righteousness. Appreciate you. Peace, loving, and more of all of whatever we need. Thank you. Thank you, Obadiah. And I always love to hear when people say they had perfect parents because um, you. so you're telling us you had perfect parents, right? Well, I met parents that loved each other and were conscious. They weren't all over the place. They were, they were together as a family. They watched the things that went on in the neighborhood, bad behavior. They told us about stuff like when parents weren't together and how they saw how we saw other people's parents to just show up on the weekends. But this was during, what, welfare time? So they didn't even want a dad in the house half the time because they were trying to get money. So I was rare because we were fortunate to have a father in the house. A lot of people just didn't have it. So when I say fortunate, I had parents that cared enough about each other to make a straight line and keep us on the straight path of what to do. I didn't have them long. My dad was gone at 13, my mom at 19. I had to really live the rest of my life without them. But they gave me enough. Okay. So, so whatever struggles we have as adults, you can not just look at how your parents treated each other, but how they related to you as a child in the relationship you had with your parents. For instance, you have a lot of parents who didn't know how to hug their children, a lot of parents who didn't talk to their children eye to eye. A lot of parents were not able to spend time with their children. Uh, They were all busy working. That means that the relationship that we had with our parents affects the way we relate to other people. And it's not good or bad. But if you have any struggles in your life, whether they're addictions or uh, marriages that didn't work, whatever, those are the lessons we learn from the lack of relationship with our parents. You understand what I'm saying? So many of us, so me, for instance, let me one more. Me, for instance, I remember my mother ever hugging me. Uh, and she and her and, and her parents were probably the same way. They were she. He was my grandfather's a pastor. His wife, my grandmother, was very stoic. I don't remember getting big hugs from her. Oh, I love you, love you, love you. And so, when a child has no affection from their parents, that shapes the way they look at other relationships and life and all that. And it will. They will struggle with that because in many ways it means rejection to a child when they're young. So if we look at our lives honestly, the types of relationships we had as adults and what happened in our life, addictions or whatever, they always go back to the type of relationship, not that you're, not you, yeah, we observe our parents whether they had divorce or whatever, that they have, they loved each other, blah, blah, blah. But what was their relationship with their children? That is what determines the struggles that you and I have had as adults. And then we learn that there's no better relationship than the one with the most high, with spirit, with the uh, universe, with nature. But uh, along the way, whatever struggles we may have had, I have learned that it has a lot to do with the type of relationship you had with your parents, not looking at what they did, but 
but how they treated you. And a lot of black parents and the most parents were whipping the hell out of them, beating their kids, but no closeness, no hugging, no intimate relationship. So that is why a lot of us have struggled as adults with either alcohol or sexual addiction or whatever because there was a lack of relationship with our parents. So that's what I want everyone tonight to realize. Whatever relationship you did not have with your parents in an intimate way, that's what affects how you, what the struggles you have. Absolutely. But there were two other things I wanted to say. First of all, you're right in respect to how we relate to our parents. However, I hear a lot about parents, and sometimes I think we overread. We do a lot of stuff our parents tell us don't do. So then when we do that, are we really paying attention to the people that are guiding us? Or are we doing our own thing? The other piece is this. We should also use our parents' flaws and forgive them and improve. I bet you hug your children and your grandchildren. If they didn't hug you, you start hugging. Change the paradigm in your, in your genes, in your genealogy. Make it different. If they didn't do it, don't blame them. Maybe they didn't know how. Advance yourself beyond that. I think people put too much blame also on their parents. Why don't they do something better than their parents? If they're not good at this, if they're alcoholic, don't be an alcoholic. If they're this, don't be like them. Take the best of what they give you and use it. But they aren't perfect. They would have flaws just like you do. But I'm just saying, children are hard-headed and do not listen to parents. So just because it's supposed to be the parent's fault, I would digress and question that sometimes because we are extremely hard-headed and do exactly what we want to do in spite of our parents saying, don't deal with that person, don't talk to those type of people, and don't do this. And we go right on in there like we're going to do it anyway. So please, when you're doing the full picture, please give us our own do-up mistakes that didn't have nothing to do with our parents' misguidance but our own foolishness that we chose to get into, by the way. Well, uh, okay, so I, I understand what you're saying, but the reality is we did not have conscious parents. We had unconscious parents. When you have unconscious parents, they don't consider your soul journey on this earth as more important than their ego and their expectations of how you should behave. That's why what, what we're waking up to today especially me as a grandparent, realizing that I told my son the other day, I was an unconscious parent. So when when his son says he wants to do gymnastics, he and um, his wife have this fear that, oh, he's not, he's going to be short, or uh, we don't think that's a good thing for him to do, but he keeps bringing it up. He keeps bringing up the fact that he wants to do flips and all that. And they were, oh, no, you're the, his, his mother, oh, you're going to be the gymnast or usually short people and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Jabri, I'm like telling my son, you got to be more conscious and not let your fear interfere with your child's communication with you that this is a passion they have and maybe he's going to be successful, short or not. So that's the unconsciousness that our parents had as well. They gave us what they knew best. It's not like we're blaming uh, Obadiah. We're not blaming our parents. But we're recognizing the shortcomings of unconsciousness in everyone around us, especially today. You don't have to judge people as much about 
how they behave, but just recognize their unconsciousness that is not going to be in harmony with your, your desire, your plan, your goal, your assignment. So our parents were not, most of them were not conscious in relating to us, in guiding us in the assignment that we had. We had to struggle along the way. I had a sexual, sex addiction when I was a young adult. I had all kinds of addictions. And so that wasn't part of the, 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 the uh, healthy plan for me, but I had to go through it because I had unconscious parents. I don't blame them. I just recognize that's why I had to struggle to come to this understanding of who I really am, and now I can leave all that other stuff, all those addictions, I can leave them them aside because I know who I really am, but I know what contributed. Absolutely. Absolutely. So just not blaming parents, but we can be honest. Those parents. Oh, I got one more testimony for your grandparents. Yeah, you're right. They were strong-willed. We were just children doing what children teach our parents how to do, right? Right. So what I was going to say was your grandson won't have anything to worry about. Personal testimony, when I came up, my mom said, I like to play sports, but she was so scared I'd get hurt. So can't play basketball in high school or any of that because mom's saying you'll get hurt. Well, I played anyway, but not, you know, I played with the, the, the people anyway, but I just didn't play on the team. Well, life takes my mom, right? So then when I go to college, what do I do? Play basketball anyway. So you do what you're going to do anyway, follow your own thoughts, even if everybody's telling you don't do it. And that's the beauty of life. We get to choose our direction. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. And, and here's the beauty. Thank you, Obadiah, for sharing. We all are sharing tonight to help us reprogram what is no longer effective in this world that we're transitioning from military bombing, hatred, cruelty to a more peaceful life. And Naima has, a, before we go to the commercials, Naima has an excellent point here about non-affectionate parents send a subliminal message that we are unworthy of love. That is so, so true because then we grow up thinking we're unworthy, we're rejecting, and we have to drink alcohol, we have to take drugs to make us feel better, blah, blah, blah. And those, she said, those raised by such parents often end up with food addiction. Thank you. There we go. Food addictions, alcohol addictions, or sexual promiscuity, all behaviors that indicate seeking to fill the void of the absence of love perfectly expressed uh, by Naima, our executive producer. And that is what we are recognizing today and that we don't want to repeat with our grandchildren. We don't want to have the same unconscious, non-affectionate behavior toward the children of today, Not whether it's your grandchildren or not. We want to be able to raise healthier Unmuted. children today. So Naima Latif, your mic is open. Uh, she's going to play our last set of commercials. And let us meditate and think about the reprogramming from being non-affectionate, from being unloving, and so much more that we are correcting today. Hi, I'm Naima Latif. Join me and my co-host, Kareem Hamid, 
every Wednesday morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on the Female Solution Radio Show. As we explore that relationship that is the foundation for our society, the relationship between men and women, husbands and wives. Join our discussion as we seek to repair broken family ties and rebuild our community. Listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com slash the-female-solution. Call in and comment 515-605-9325. Press 1 to speak to our hosts. Or you can join us live on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash the-female-solution. What if you could live to be 120 years old and remain active, healthy, alert, and vibrant? Our bodies are made up of cells that are constantly rejuvenating. So if we take proper care of our cells, we can literally defy aging. Join us every Tuesday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time to learn about self-cell care from Susan Essentials on the Female Solution Blog Talk Radio Show. Learn how to help your body and yourself feel rejuvenated each day through proper nutrition, sleep, frequency medicine, and many unconventional methods of self-care. I'm Jody Susan. Join me and my amazing guests by calling in at 515-605-9325 and press 1 to speak. We'll help you achieve a breakthrough in your health today. Have you ever dreamed of going to exotic places, meeting fascinating people, enjoying uplifting music, and spending nights in a luxurious hotel? Do you look forward to a relaxing vacation where you can walk along the beach or sit in a quiet park and enjoy the sunset or sunrise? Whether you're flying around the world or driving across the country, we will share travel tips that will help you stay safe while you enjoy the journey. Join me every third Saturday of the month, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, and move around with Deborah here on the Female Solutions Show. Call in and comment 515-605-9325 and press 1 to speak. Thank you all so much for joining me tonight as we reprogram and heal our global and our personal relationships here and in our communities. And that's what's happening all over the world right now. The people in Israel are protesting to remove the Zionist leader, Netanyahu, right now, who is promoting war, 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 and killing, 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 and destruction. But the people are rising up. Arab, Muslims, uh, Jews are rising up, conscious people, to say no more. We want to cease fire, and we want to get you uh, out of here, psychopathic warmonger, out. And then in New York, you, you think about from Israel to New York, we've got this movement going on, conscious people doing creative things, creative things to say 
declaring that they won't leave New York until they're secure a permanent seat. That is gonna that takes a lot of energy, creativity, because four hundred or so congressmen and senators have said no ceasefire. Our government has been puppets the puppets of the year uh saying no ceasefire because they're all motivated, moved by, paid by the Israeli military, CPAC, whatever. Uh, and so we are waking up. The evil has, is being revealed, revealed like never before. And as um, as Naima pointed out, uh, I want to point that out again, that when we didn't get affection from our parents, it's the omission or commission sins. Omission is you leave out the affection uh, but you're there, you know, you're present, but there's no affection. That's what every baby needs from one to seven is affection more than anything. And what did most parents do with spanking them with ironing cords and, and twigs and hands and every type of, of physical abuse more than probably the affection? And that's why a lot of us. Are, were addicted to substances and so many other things. But now as we are becoming more conscious, we are creating new paradigm, a new paradigm. And as we prepare to leave tomorrow, uh, I want to be sure and promote my sister Zelda tomorrow morning on Monday morning mindfulness. She's going to be bringing in the discussion, what will you do when your back is against the wall with Queen Sister Odayemi, I hope I pronounced it, Odayemi will join her tomorrow morning in that conversation because that's part of the reprogramming. Being up against the wall, we don't want to react. They're going to show us tomorrow how to respond because we are in a boot camp for peace this week on the, on the Female Solution. We're all in boot camp for peace. And um, HWPL is promoting peace. Our show is promoting peace. And that's what the whole world has been doing. All these protests all over the world are saying no more war, no more war. And so the what Bruce Lipton has reminded us of is the, the repetition that's needed for us to reprogram. And my favorite repetition as I play um, – not just uh, on, let's see, not just on Friday, but also tonight, if I can find it, it's I am affirmation. Whatever you're going through, there is a need for us to reprogram the negative thoughts that we've had about ourselves and to bring in the positive I am affirmations. And if you are struggling with the love that mommy and daddy didn't give you, uh, now is the time to be promoting the I am grateful. If nothing else, I am grateful. I, I see the I am grateful. I want to just play an I am positive energy. And that as we heal our global and local relationships, one of the things that uh, you can do is if you are on social media, then send out a message every day 
that is so uplifting and so positive that people begin to think twice about being negative against themselves. If you're, even if you're not on social media, here's another very effective way is to go to YouTube and watch some of these videos where you can learn more about either our Congress, what they're doing, learn more about Israel, and make a, leave a comment that people will see and be inspired and motivated to go to work for this new paradigm of no war. So these are just a few of the suggestions tonight. It's not everything at all. It's not, but please just be prayerful. And that's, this is another program we've had uh, growing up that prayer, you're supposed to go in your prayer closet, and that's where you uh, talk to God, uh, who I don't call uh, the creator, God, the creator, talk to the creator in your prayer closet. Your prayer closet is right here in this vessel. When you close your eyes, that's your prayer closet. And I want to suggest that we all be reminded that communication, the relationship that we need to heal is our communication with nature. When we are out in nature, out with the trees, the birds, the prayer is your thoughts. Whether you are in uh, bed at night or whether you're out on the, in your car, your thoughts are prayers. So please don't hold back thinking you have to be in a building, a church building, or uh, in some special place to send communication to the creator or nature. Prayer is 24, let 20, your prayers be 24-7. You can be praying for the peace of uh, Palestine and the Middle East any time of the day, and it will be transmitted because we have these cosmic curls and because we have a mind, a brain. And one of the things that Bruce Lipton said in this video that I watched, he said, the brain is the most advanced computer in the world. And we are yet to fully understand how advanced that is. So everyone is programmed, and your thoughts and your brain are the key to making a difference and changing and reprogram is changing these thoughts. So let us just uh, end and summarize with I am grateful, which is one of the highest vibrations you can have to make difference, to make a change, to be repetitive uh, in uh, hypnotizing your new reality. I am grateful. That is the way we think, and that is how we make the shift to new relationships of love, trust, and wisdom. I am grateful.
I am grateful. I am grateful for all I was. grateful for all I will become. So let us all be reminded of that as we prepare to leave. And I have one more caller here, uh, 336-350. I believe that's Mama AZ. Your mic is open. Thank us, Dr. V. Uh, Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Go right ahead. That is it. That that that's the grateful uh, 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 thing. Um, video. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. yes. They're all God. Thank you, Doctor V. Thank us. Uh, that's the one I need. I, I'm. I'll download it some kind of way and archive it and keep it for centuries to come. Thank us. You you just don't know what that when that particular one has been uh, assisting me, I believe, since 2016. And it's, it, it's better to me than any other uh, ones that uh, says I'm grateful. So hopefully you can find a way or somebody out there in the, in the listening can find that and send it to me. Thank us. Thank you. Thank right us. Searching. Searching for that one, but there's so many I am gratefuls on YouTube that that doesn't come up. But I'll keep trying, sister. I just came okay, across this song. Yeah, I'll I'll try and find. I came across this song in my in the audio clip that I just got to play. I might get there for it. But waiting on the world to change. Wow, this is so appropriate that I'm going to end with this song tonight. Because the world is changing. No long, no need to wait. It's changing. Here we go.
past now. No longer need to wait. It has it is changing. So now it's up to us. No need to wait. Let's change and make this happen. No a permanent ceasefire. Here we go. Waiting on the world. Okay, that was a long I had to figure out who that was and what year it was. But uh thank you all for joining me in this collective effort to reprogram, change our global, and especially the relationship right here inside. So we're going to say thank you, ending to our global family, who we really appreciate. And everybody come back tomorrow morning for Monday Morning Mindfulness, and we'll see you on the other side. show today, but you can hear every show in the archives at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution. You can also hear today's show on the Female Solution Facebook page. Go to www.facebook.com slash thefemalesolution. Leave your comments about today's show. You can always reach me on my website at www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. Watch our TV shows, listen to our radio shows, order our books, and be sure to get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to thank all of you who participated in today's discussion. And to our global family listening from all around the world, we say thank you. To our family in China, Sheshe, India, Zanyaba, Japan, Alingato, Korea, Kamsanida, Russia, Spasiba, Germany, Danke, Poland, Jung Kujung, France, Merci. Spain, gracias, Italy, grazie, Egypt, shukran, Ghana, Medasi, Nigeria, Eshe, South Africa, Giabonga, Senegal, Jared, Kenya, Asante, Israel, Toda, Pakistan, Shukriya, Afghanistan, Tashakur, Saudi Arabia, Shukran. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Thank you. And may peace be upon you and the mercy of God and God's blessings. All my yogi friends out there, namaste and sadnam. And aloha to all you beautiful Hawaiians. Stand, stand strong, Lahaina and Molly. Stand strong. We love you. We pray for you. And everybody, shalom. See you tomorrow morning on Monday Morning Mindfulness.